0: Hello, and thanks for downloading this podcast. My name is Karen Killalee. I am a partner and head of the employment team at Maples in Calder, Ireland, the Maples Groups law firm in Dublin. Before we get started, some general housekeeping points. So if you're listening from your usual podcast app, you'll find any resource documents and speaker information in the description. If you've clicked on the media player link sent to you via email, then you can find this information in the notes section. Please note that this podcast is a discussion and a general overview of legal developments and updates that we think are interesting for employers in Ireland. It does not constitute legal advice. If you have a specific situation or question, please feel free to reach out to us and seek tailored legal advice. Last but not least on the housekeeping stuff, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Okay, so in today's episode, I am joined by my colleague, Ciaran Ilungig, who is an associate on the employment team here at Naples. And today we are talking about the key provisions, key things that you need to know about the Work-Life Balance and Miscellaneous Provisions Act 2023. So for employers in Ireland, good to know that this act was signed into law in early April but it is not yet effective and we need to wait for commencement orders to issue in the coming months. We are not exactly sure when it is going to be effective and when it's going to commence in in its totality, but we expect it to be sometime over the summer or possibly early in the autumn. We also expect a code of practice in relation to remote working to be published in the coming months. What we're going to do in this podcast, hopefully within about sort of 15 minutes or so, is just to focus on the five key changes that employers in Ireland should be aware of under the new legislation. Those five key points are, number one, the right to request remote working arrangements that employees will have. Uh, number two, the right to request flexible working arrangements. Number three, the right to request leave for medical care purposes. Number four, the right to request domestic violence leave. And number five, extensions to breastfeeding breaks. Kira, maybe to hand over to you, let's look at requests for remote working arrangements. So can you walk us through the procedure to be followed when an employee makes a request for a remote working arrangement? Yes, absolutely, Karen.
1: Firstly, it's important to note that a remote working arrangement cannot commence until an employee has six months continuous service. However, interestingly, during the legislative debates, the minister noted that an employer can waive this requirement if they wish. An employee must request a remote working arrangement no later than eight weeks before the proposed start date of the arrangement. This request needs to be in writing and signed by the employee, including information on the form of the arrangement as well as the start date and the duration of the arrangement. Employees will also be required to outline the reasons for the request, detail the proposed working location and provide any other information that is outlined in the code of practice on the suitability of the the working location. An employer is then required to consider this request having regard to the employer's needs, the employee's needs and the code of practice and provide an answer to the employee within four weeks. Where the employer approves the request, an agreement must be prepared and signed by both parties. Where the employer refuses the request, the employer must provide notice in writing of this refusal, which sets out the reasons for the refusal
0: thanks, Kira. And as we know, an employer is free to decline the request uh, for a remote working arrangement, and as matters stand, there's not really any redress available to the employee in circumstances where the employer does refuse and the employee doesn't agree with the reasons for the refusal or or the substance for the refusal. and um, the employee's redress, I mean, the compensation is really limited to situations where the correct process has not been followed by the employer in relation to dealing with the request rather than the actual reason that is put forward for the refusal. And so that compensation is is limited to four weeks pay. And it is good to keep in mind that a remote working request, by contrast to the flexible working arrangements, which we'll talk about in a moment, can be made by anybody based on their service. So you don't have to demonstrate that you've caring responsibilities and so forth. So on that note, do Want to talk to us a little bit about requesting a flexible work arrangement? Yes, no problem.
1: The procedure is quite similar. However, the scope of persons who can request a flexible working arrangement is much, much more narrow. As you say, flexible working arrangements only apply to employees who have caring responsibilities. So that means either the parent of a child who is under the age of 12 or under 16 for children who have long term illness or disabilities, and that the purpose of the request is to provide care for that child, or providing care to a qualified person who needs significant care or support for a serious medical condition. And this means a person of whom the employee is the relevant parent, the spouse or civil partner of the employee, the cohabitant of the employee, a parent or grandparent of the employee, brother or sister of the employee, a person other than one specified in any of the list I've just mentioned, who actually resides in the same household as the employee. Again, a flexible working arrangement cannot commence until an employee has six months continuous service. An employee must request a flexible working arrangement no later than eight weeks before the proposed start date of the arrangement. And this request needs to be in writing and signed by the employee. Again, including information on the form of the arrangement as well as the start date and the duration of the arrangement. An employer, again, must consider and respond to the request within four weeks or eight weeks where the employer extends the assessment period, having regard to the employer's needs and the employee's needs. Similar to the remote working arrangement where an employer approves the request, an agreement must be prepared, signed by both parties, and where the employer refuses the request. The employer must provide notice in writing of this refusal, setting out the reasons for the refusal. Interestingly, while flexible working arrangements are restricted to those particular types of carers, the government has indicated that it may extend this right
0: to a wider group of employees, depending how successful the legislation is in practice. Interesting then that a flexible working arrangement can include a remote working arrangement, but they're two separate types of arrangements at the moment. And it will be interesting to see what happens in the future and whether flexible working arrangements then will be extended out to other eligible employees. Okay, so if an employer has granted a remote or a flexible working arrangement and it's up and running, are there any circumstances in which an employer can terminate that arrangement? Do you want to just talk us through that maybe? Yes, a remote
1: or a flexible working arrangement arrangement can be terminated by notice in writing, where the arrangement would have or is having a substantially adverse effect on the operation of the business due to any of the following reasons. So seasonal variations in the volume of work, the unavailability of someone to carry out the employee's duties. For flexible working arrangements, the number of other employees availing of flexible working arrangements that fall within the same period specified as the employee's arrangement or any other relevant matters. An important part of the procedure, however, is that prior to giving notice of termination of the arrangement, an employer must give an employee notice in writing of the proposal to terminate, and an employee must be allowed seven days to make representations to the employer on this proposal. When terminating the arrangement, an employer must set out the specific grounds for the termination and specify the day on which the employee must return to work which must not be earlier than four weeks after the employee receives the notice of termination. There is also provision for termination of the arrangements where the employer believes that these arrangements are being abused. A remote working arrangement can be terminated where the employer has reasonable grounds for believing that the employee is not discharging all of their duties of employment in accordance with the agreement. And a flexible working arrangement can be terminated where the employer has reasonable grounds for believing that the arrangement is not being used for the purposes
0: for which it was approved. And how about making changes then? that That's fairly comprehensive. But if either party wants to change the arrangement, so say, for example, an employee wants to return to their normal work, or their not their normal, but their previous working arrangements, can they do that?
1: An employer and an employee can agree in writing to postpone the arrangement, to amend the duration of the arrangement, or to vary the form of the arrangement. An employee can also request to return to their original working arrangement. The employee will have to give notice in writing and set out the reasons for and the proposed date of this return. An employer
0: can either approve or refuse this request and, and must provide reasons for any refusal. Thanks, Kira. That's good to know. And similarly to what we discussed in relation to remote working arrangements, the redress. Uh, available to an employee where they allege that an employer has not correctly processed a flexible working request then the employee can seek redress and that redress is limited at the moment in any event to a direction by an adjudication officer that the employer consider and respond to a request from an employee within a specified time frame and or compensation in respect of the employer's failure to properly process that request and that compensation is is currently limited to 20 weeks pay. An employee may also be awarded compensation where the employer has failed to follow the procedures that you also mentioned relating to sort of termination or amendment of those arrangements as as well. Another interesting change introduced by the 2023 Act is the right to leave for medical care purposes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Employees
1: will now have a right to take up to five days unpaid leave per year for the purpose of providing care or support to either a relative or a person who resides in the same household as them and who is in need of significant care or support for a serious medical reason. In order to avail of this leave, an employee must confirm to their employer, as soon as reasonably practical, in writing that they have taken or intend to take this leave and specify the start date of the leave, specify the duration of the leave and set out a statement of the facts entitling them to the leave. This confirmation from the employee must be in writing and must be signed by the employee and the employer must provide the employee with a written acknowledgement of receipt of confirmation. Another important point to note is that an employer can request further information from the employee if it so wishes to do so.
0: All right, then we have a brand new uh, piece of statutory leave called domestic violence leave. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. This is the second type
1: of leave introduced by the legislation. An employee will be entitled to five days paid leave per year, where they or a relevant person, such as the child, a child of the employee, a cohabitant, a person with whom the employee is in an re- intimate relationship, where they have experienced or or are, they are currently experiencing domestic violence. There has been much debate about the rate of pay for this type of leave over the past number of weeks. The 2023 Act states that the rate of pay will be determined by way of regulations and the employer will contribute to this. In other words, the government will determine the rate of pay based on a number of different factors. While the 2023 Act doesn't specify that there will be a reduction in pay, there has been some indication that the rate may be the same as statutory sick pay, which is currently at 70% of an employee's salary. However,
0: this remains to be seen. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, so I think actually in addition to the, the Code of Practice, that, that's another point or that's another piece of the legislation I think that that needs to be ironed out. And once that is ironed out, we understand the, the legislation will be commenced. Okay. Finally, the 2023 Act makes some amendments to the Maternity Protection Acts in relation to breastfeeding breaks. Do you want to give us a quick overview of those?
1: Uh, currently, a employee who is breastfeeding has a right to take breastfeeding breaks up to 6 months after the child's birth the 2023 act extends this right to 2 years after the the child's birth the maternity protection acts have also been amended to be more inclusive the provisions of the Maternity Protection Acts will extend to transgender men who have obtained a gender recognition certificate and subsequently become pregnant.
0: That's great. Okay, listen, there is an awful lot to digest. Thanks for that, Kira. Um, there are at least five new rights now that have been afforded to employees. And so what that really means for employers in Ireland is that they'll need to start reviewing and amending their current leave policies, introducing or updating remote and flexible working policies and arrangements and updating policies generally in relation to maternity and breastfeeding rights. For now, that's all we have for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Maples Group Employment Law Podcast. In our next podcast, we are going to look at a recent decision of the Irish High Court, which examined interim injunctions restraining employers from terminating an employee's contract in the context of a dispute as to the reason for termination. So, as always, if you have any questions or queries on any of the points covered today or on, on Irish employment legal issues in general, please do get in touch with us. Thanks for listening and for subscribing writing.